Hi, and welcome to Back of the Bar Talk podcast. I'm your host, Eric Gregg. I'm here with Anthony Oliva and Brian Eckley. Um, we'll jump right into it. Uh, we'll talk about the um, the biggest news, which I thought would be overshadowed by bigger news, but it wasn't, uh, which is Trey Lance to the Cowboys. That was the biggest news since our last episode, the kind of shocking trade. Uh, I know, Anthony, you wanted your team to get him. Um, I'd want anyone other than what (laughs) (laughs) is that true though is that really true is there like you would take him over every quarterback in the nfl give me baker mayfield yeah but like okay but like let's think non-starters okay would you really take him over mayfield (laughs) hold on well technically baker is a starter not really but he is like he's a star he's technically the starter but like while people are going to be like, that doesn't make sense. I would rather roll the dice with someone who, you know what? Maybe they're hungry to finally start and they've got to prove something. I've seen enough of Jimmy G. I don't want it. Here, let's I'm, hold on. I'm going to find an example because I want an actual example for this. I don't want some young guy that's coming. You would take. Oh, who do I want to use here? Drew Locke. Yes. Yeah, Locke's too young. I don't want to use him because I think like that would prove Anthony's point of like younger could prove himself. Let's say, oh, who do I want to use here? See, it's that bad. You have to go and try to find someone. Andy Dalton. I, it's it's bad because I like I know your reasoning behind it, so I have to fit. Uh, Brian Hoyer. Ooh, good one. He's already on the team. No, he's not. Why would the Patriots be in line to sign him if he was on the team? Oh, did they release him? My bad. I don't know if they did, but Brian Hoyer. Like, let's use Brian. No, you know what? No, no. And this is the guy's been on your team before, but he's a free agent now. Nathan Peterman. Yes. No, stop it. Yes. I would rather take Nathan. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Asinine. That's stupid. Nope. <laughs> it's, I think I need a case for Nathan Peterman here. <laughs> yeah, what is your case for Nathan Peterman? I don't know. I'd rather I'd rather have someone else. <laughs> this is Anthony's basically feeling the same way about Nathan Peterman as most people feel about like Joe Biden. Well, he's not well, <laughs> Jimmy he's not Jimmy G. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like about him. He's it's like he's got he's got cons, throws tons of interceptions, inaccurate, immobile, not a good leader, pros, not Jimmy G. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's a lie. Like Nathan Peterman can run. Dude's a solid runner. Okay, sorry. My bad. <laughs> My fault. That that one's on me. <laughs> I just what? Okay, I've got the one. I've got the one that I want to know the answer to. Derek Carr. I hate you so much. Next question. <laughs> nope. Answer the question. Would you yeah, rather go forward? Or... 
Give me back Derek Carr. Give you back Derek Carr. Okay, that's what I wanted to know because you were so happy, and I said you're going to end up with Jimmy G, and you shouldn't be this happy. And you were like, oh, I'm just so glad we got rid of Derek Carr. I don't have to worry about him anymore. Eat your words, Anthony. Because I told you exactly what was going to happen because you kept that stinking pile of dog shit as your head coach. Yeah, I I did. I did. Well, your organization. (laughs) You can't say we won this weekend and then be mad when I say you kept him, okay? You're either all in or all out, all right? Be one or the other. (laughs) Um, But, okay, we got off topic. Trey Lance to the Cowboys. (laughs) We we, we, we really steamrolled down there. Trey Lance to the Cowboys. Big news for a fourth rounder. Um, I'll ask this question because I I heard this question. I like this question. If at all, when does Trey Lance become a threat to Dak Prescott? After this season. You think it only takes one year? Honestly, I think this is where they start going into it. Uh, Hey, look, Dak. You didn't take us to the fucking Super Bowl because we already know that they're not making that far. Right, uh, correct. That I'm willing to roll the dice with Trey Lance unless you take less money. And immediately, right then and there, Trey Lance becomes a problem for Dak Prescott. Dak's got two two years left on his contract. Uh, yeah, but he's are you saying? Are you saying? Are you saying that Dak could be unseated during the offseason next year or that the season next year? Oh, yeah, definitely. I I would think that there's so many teams like I think that they would be willing to ship Dak out. They'd be saying, you know what? We could use the money right now to build around Trey and re-sign some guys that I think it's time to move on, which is perfect. I think Jerry Jones you know, can be a real asshat a lot of the times where he doesn't talk amongst his team, his uh, coaches, like, hey, this is what we're going to do. He's, I'm the boss. I'm the GM. I do what I want, and you guys are here for the ride. I think there's a really smart decision where he's on the phone, exactly what Undisputed say, you know, where he's on the phone, and they mention that, hey, take the deal right now. We're selling him very, very low. Do it. Jerry Jones said, yeah, of course I'm going to do it. And he comes out and he tells everyone, hey, uh, this is not to replace Dak right now. This is for the future. This is for tomorrow. And I think that Dak, uh, they, they told Dak, like, you're our guy. You're our guy. And good. He should feel great. But he really should feel like he's on the hot seat with someone like Trey Lance sitting there like, I'm doing nothing but learning, bro. I'm getting these reps with your guys. Eventually, this is going to be my team if you don't step up. I mean, I can see that. I th- I think for me, it's maybe a two-year thing um, because I think I'd like to see Lance have a, like an you entire think would let Dak walk? Jerry Jones is way too smart to just let Dak walk. No, I don't. Uh, I don't want to say that. No, I don't. I I, I understand. Uh, I understand that argument. I just think, I just think that there would be like a, I don't know that it would be like a full two years to where like they get to the off season and Dak just walks out the door. I think there would be like a negotiation process to where they find a way to trade Dak, maybe at the trade deadline, something like that. I just, I don't know that 
I think it also I think it also depends on how Dak looks this year. If Dak looks solid, but they lose in the divisional round, I don't know that I could say, okay, let's replace him with Trey Lance. But if he does the same thing like he did last year where he led the league in interceptions and only played 12 games, which is a problem. I mean, that you've got to work really hard to lead the league in interceptions and play five less games than most quarterbacks. Think about what you're saying, though. You're thinking very, very wise for a regular organization. This is like Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys, the organization and the fans – do not let people wait. Also, to play devil's advocate against myself, if there's a time for Dallas to win the NFC, it's now. It's a weak. It's the weaker conference. Yeah. How do you let the Giants, who are who are close to figuring it out, or the Washington Reds Commanders? My bad. Oh, my bad. Racism. Washington Commanders find the quarterback they need to just take up the mantle, like. This exactly what you're saying. This is the time while Philadelphia is still trying to figure out everything. They're actually scary, scary when it comes to cap and looking like right. they're just borrowing players to try to make it to the playoffs every season. Right. No, I, I understand that argument. Like I said, I think it depends on what Dak looks like because and it also I think the biggest factor really in all of this is Dak's health. Because if he continues to get hurt, I mean, he's been hurt. He missed five games last year. Uh, I think it was the year before he missed three or four. And then the year before that, I think, was the big injury where he had the ankle injury. Um, I think I'm getting that timeline right. But if he continues to get hurt consistently, and then let's say, let's, I mean, let's take a brief look in, in the past to to a more recent memory. How did Dak Prescott end up with the Cowboys starting job? I I did have that thought process in my mind where it 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 feels like history is repeating itself. Tony Tony Romo got hurt. Dak Prescott <clears throat> came in, looked really good. Tony Romo never saw the field again. I'm not saying that Trey Lance is going to come in and go 13 and three and and make it to the division round and get the one seed in the NFC. I'm not saying that. But if Dak gets hurt and then Cooper Rush gets hurt or Cooper Rush starts to struggle and Trey Lance comes in and looks really, really good, then you start to drift into that area of is is Trey Lance going – You Dallas fans start to say, well, wait a second. Why would we go back to Dak when Lance is playing fine? See, that's the thing. That's the thing, though. I can – I, I see things to agree with on both sides here. I I would not. I have actually come around into thinking that Anthony's um, claim that it could be just after this year that Dak Prescott's in trouble. Um, I've come around to thinking that um, just because of Jerry Jones, like put his foot in his mouth and basically showed his cards and is basically already saying that he, yeah, we're looking to move on from Dak Prescott, not quite explicitly that way, but pretty damn close. Um, And the, the only thing for me though, is that while I believe that they are looking to move on from Dak Prescott, I just don't see it being Trey Lance that they move on to. And that's just because I'm really down on Trey Lance. I just, I don't see it in him. Right. 
and, and I and I understand that too. But my thing is, is I don't know. I mean, there's the lack of experience for Trey Lance is obviously a problem. Uh, I think I shared the I don't know if I shared it or not the other day the thing that said Geno Smith, who who is not the most pass heavy QB in the league, he's not the best QB in the league, threw more passes last year than Trey Lance has thrown since middle school. Uh, to put that yeah. in perspective, yeah. Geno Smith threw about, I think, somewhere around 425 passes last year. So Geno Smith threw 425 passes. Trey Lance is in his third year in the NFL, and he has thrown less passes than that since he was in middle school. There's that lack of there's that laugh lack of experience, for sure. Um, just based off of that, um, I've seen flashes of talent, and that's one of those things that makes you stop and go, "Hmm, could he do it? Like, you know, is it there if he gets under the right the right coaching in the right area or gets put in the right system? Anything along those lines." But then I also agree with like the the argument of, well, maybe he's just not good. Like maybe maybe he shouldn't have gone number three. I think we can all agree that the San Fran that San Francisco might have what was quite possibly the worst trade in draft history. With not only what they gave up to move up to that spot, but then also the the sheer talent of players that were taken immediately following Trey Lance, including Justin Fields, who I think we all agree is a better quarterback. And they left that on the table. I don't know that I can see a year, uh, but like I said, if, if, if that comes out and he under uh, underperforms uh, and, and Dallas underperforms, I mean, I think everybody's expecting Dallas to be second in that division and contend with Philly. They're coming off back-to-back 12-win seasons. I don't think anybody expects him to be not around that number again this year, especially if Dak does stay healthy and play the entire year. But if they falter and they go nine and eight, then I think it definitely starts to drift into that, that conversation of, uh Oh, like maybe Dak isn't the answer. He hasn't done anything impressive in the playoffs in his and career. See, like that's the thing that that gets me. See, like, I'm not sure that they really need to falter that much in order for them to really be seriously considering moving on from Dak Prescott because they I mean this they, we've seen the same show for the past several years, right? It's been it's been the same show for the same script for the Cowboys for as long as I can remember, you know, they get they get to the playoffs and that's it. Right, and, and I think that goes somewhat back to the Tony Romo thing as well, is because obviously Romo got hurt, Dak took over. But I think what happened was is Dak performed well, and they said, "Well, Romo's not winning playoff games, so why why bring him back when what we have is is looking better at the time?" But now it's turned into almost like, "Well, Dak's just the same guy. Dak's just Tony Romo, two in terms of regular season success, not translating to be able to win in the playoffs. And he's too expensive to keep. Yes. That's the other thing too, is it's not worth the money that he got paid. Somebody will pay him. Do you think someone does? 
That's I my. I don't either. I, I I think if Dak leaves Dallas, or even if he ends up staying with it, his contract is going to be minimal. It, he's not. Teams are going to say, "Well, why would I pay Dak, who's not a proven winner, big money, when I can get a rookie quarterback and try and find somebody who's who's potentially going to be better?" You know what you're getting with Dak. Or you can take a shot on somebody unknown. Maybe that is Trey Lance if they see a little bit of improvement in practice and whatnot. I agree. I see Dak being paid after he's with Dallas. Win for them, uh, being a 28, 32 mil around a year player, you know, where it's like we are drafting a quarterback this season. Um, let's see what you can do for this season. And that's all I, I see from it. I exactly see the same situation that Jimmy G is going through right now. Yeah, I can see that. But you'd take Dak Prescott, wouldn't you? Yes, I would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, moving on from Dallas, moving on from Trey Lance. I think we've we've set our piece on on when we think that may or may not come to fruition. Uh, I want to take a look at the Cardinals for a second, and I want to. I've been thinking a lot about this, and I want. I want y'all's opinion on it. So the the general consensus around the NFL is that the Cardinals are going to tank or or attempt to tank. I, I think we've seen in the past teams say they're going to tank and then players try to win a few more games than those teams believe they're going to win. But they're attempting to tank and their roster is absolute garbage. It's awful. Um, and then the consensus is that they'll take Caleb Williams with the number one pick. I disagree with that. I think if the Cardinals get the number one pick, they should take Michael, um, no, Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State and pair him with Kyler Murray. I am not on the train that's ready to move on from Kyler Murray just yet. Two years ago, we were talking about Kyler Murray as a potential MVP candidate. Then he tore his ACL, and now it's, ooh, let's draft a quarterback number one. Kyler's not going to come back at the beginning of this year. He's, he's on the, the, the pup list. He's, he's not coming back for at least the first four games. I don't – I'm not ready to say if, if the team is terrible that they should go a new QB route. I think that they need to draft what is – clearly to me the best wide receiver in the draft and quite possibly the best player in the draft and move forward with Kyler at least for one more year if he remains healthy. Now, if he tears an ACL again this year or something like that, I can make, there's a different argument to be made. But if he stays healthy, move forward with him and see what happens and see if he can get back to that level of play that he was when we all had him pretty highly ranked as a quarterback in the NFL. The thing that gets me with that, I would agree with you if we were just talking about Kyler Murray's talent, but the thing that gets me is that he's also made things a bit dramatic at times. Well, yes, yes, he is. He has been dramatic. Yes, that's correct. Well, then, then, then I, if that's the case, I don't think they can have him. I don't think – I think he has to be gone by the trade deadline this year. 
Why does it have to be this year? Because they're going to take Caleb Williams at number one if they're moving off Kyler. Yeah. Let's say you're not telling me that. So you're telling me that Kyler Murray's stock doesn't raise because everyone knows that they want Caleb Williams. I'm not running the risk of him getting injured again in the last eight weeks of the season. They don't have to play him though. There's four. There's I think a lot that's of worse. Then who are you proving that he's any good anymore? Yeah. If you don't yeah. play him, if you sit him, if he comes back in week five and then uh-huh. you sit him and you don't play him, I'm not trading for a guy I haven't seen play in two years. I'm not the Browns. I mean, you. there's always inside talks where they're just done. They want to look ahead of the draft. And if I hear that, okay, you know what? They're not playing him. They don't want him injured. I want him, but I want to see what that, my team looks like at that the end of this works, That works fine if he had played last year. But if you sit him now, if you do not play Kyler this entire season, and he didn't play most of last year due to the ACL injury, then you're to asking people to trade for a QB that they have not seen touch the field since 2021. And you're asking them to trade for that QB in 2024. I, okay. can't, I, I can't fathom that. I can't we've, fathom that. We've seen it happen with the Browns and Texans. Yes, nobody is as stupid as the Browns, though. That was a – that is – universally regarded as one of the dumbest moves in sports. Not just Um, the trade, but the amount they gave up. And then obviously the contract for Deshaun, which I don't think would happen in a Kyler Murray scenario. I don't think anybody's getting, I don't think they're getting four first round picks for him. I don't think they're getting getting $260 million guaranteed contract. Obviously I don't think that's happening with Kyler, but I also don't think a team's looking at it and saying, "Mm, I haven't seen Kyler Murray play in three years. Let's, let's, make him our quarterback because his contract isn't up his contract isn't up and it's a big contract you know he signed a a pretty decent sized contract extension and so you're asking for a team nobody's going to pay that for a backup so if they trade for him you're trading for a starter uh let's use atlanta for example let's say ritter stunk they're like okay well we're going to trade for kyler I would not want to be I would not want them to trade for Kyler if I hadn't seen him play. I would want to know that there's still a level of talent with Kyler Murray in the past three years before I pulled the trigger on trading for him. Yeah, I agree with that. I think you've got to look at potentially the trade deadline. And say, okay, bring them in. You got one of these teams, Washington, for example. Now, I don't think this is the case. I've got high hopes for the kid. But um, if if Sam Howell is terrible for the first seven weeks of the season, I'm gauging Washington's interest. I'm making a call and I'm saying, hey, y'all got any interest in Kyler Murray? Bringing him over, seeing what he can do. And then obviously I'm seeing if Washington can make that that switch back around. Because that makes sense to me. He's played Sam Howell. You know, they give him a seven-week tryout. He's terrible. Let's say they're one and six. 
he's just not looked good. I think that's a reasonable call to make to gauge that no. interest from Washington. Now, I'm not saying I, I don't think I, I've got high hopes for Sam Howe. That's just a an example. Yeah, yeah. Given the scenario that they're in, I'm not saying that Sam Howell's going to be that bad, but it's it's a scenario. I think you've got to look at that if you're the Cardinals and you're really thinking Caleb Williams is the pick if we get number one. Because if I'm looking at teams here, that's the other thing that I've got to sit back and look at. If I'm going to play devil's advocate for that, if you're looking at teams, who else that's going to get a top five pick do you think is going to get that top five pick because they're QB needy? I mean, we could look at Dolphins, right? Possibly, right? The Dolphins could be there, but I don't know that they I don't know that they pick that high. Broncos? Possibly. Depend it depends on the whether Wilson gets back to form or whether it was a mixture of Wilson and Hackett. Because I'm I'm sorry, if Russell Wilson sucks this year, I'm still putting a lot of it on Hackett. But I think it becomes like, oh, Hackett was really bad, but apparently so was Russell Wilson. And then so, Potentially, yeah. but I think the Texans probably get a top five pick, but the it won't Rams. be. They won't want QB needy. Rams could, but I don't think they pick in the top five either. Uh, Lions, if they fall off and they if no they, longer look like the team that we thought they would be, that's a great opportunity. Possibly. Uh, the Vikings are another one, but I don't, think, but I don't think yeah, I don't think they fall off that much though. That's the thing is I'm sitting here thinking like I'm thinking about the teams that could potentially get top five picks realistically. There's the Cardinals. There's the Texans who I w- do not think would get one due to need for a QB. I think they're just, they need everything else. There's. Nah, I mean, the other one that like would be a dark horse maybe is New England. Do you think they fall off that far? I think they could fall off enough to get a top 10 pick and then trade up. That doesn't seem like the Bill Belichick. That does not seem like a Bill Belichick thing to do. Uh, but yeah, I don't think New England's very good this year. No, I think they win six, six-ish games. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's a very Bill Belichick thing to do to move up. He'd probably just draft it offensive lineman or something. Yeah. Um, I, I hate to say this, uh, and, but I think you'll agree. Raiders. Oh, really? Huh? That sounds horrible. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but conceivably, I could see the Raiders getting a top five pick. And if Williams was to fall, because let's say the Cardinals get one, the Texans get two and, and the Raiders get three. Well, then I think conceivably you could see an area there where uh, the Raiders end up with Williams at three or end up in a scenario where maybe they can jump up to one because other teams are vying to jump up to one and they jump up to one from three and they would be able to take them. But there's just not – we're not in a scenario right now where teams are super QB needy. They're, they're trying their young guys out. Now, I personally think Caleb Williams needs to go. I'm not making an argument against Caleb Williams being picked high. I think he's a clear-cut top three pick next year. I don't think there's any argument against that um, from what we've seen from him in college. But I don't know that he, to me, is the surefire number one 
depending on who gets that spot, including the Cardinals. If What if Kyler comes back week five and looks really, really solid, but the team just stinks because they literally have nothing else? The offensive line is terrible. The defense is a train wreck outside of Buda Baker. Well, the that's where back- the pod comes in handy, where we actually watch the games, we don't look at stats, and everything's run well, through the eye test. Well, yes, but I'm doing – this is a conversation we're having now. <laughs> I pose this question before we get to see that about what we think is going to happen. And I think that if they're going to trade Kyler Murray, they would need to do it before the trade deadline because that's when his value is going to be the highest, especially if a quarterback like Sam Howell or Desmond Ritter isn't panning out. Or sh- shit, the Vikings, if Kirk Cousins falls off. The Vikings were in the hunt for Trey Lance. If Kirk Cousins falls off and he's just not playing well and they aren't doing well, potentially the Vikings make a move for Kyler Murray. There will be a – I'll put it this way since we've talked about both these. I think – and y'all can agree or disagree. I think there will be a bigger market for Kyler Murray than there is for Dak Prescott. Yeah, very much. Uh, No, I. he's too young and he has so much ability that there's no way that I could see that he just falls off the NFL where every team's like, nah, I'd rather have Dak Prescott. But that argument right there of the youngness and the, the, the knowing that the skill is there is enough for me to think that the Cardinals, that's my argument for why I think the Cardinals need to not move off him just yet. Because I think if you give him the pieces, there's the potential there that he gets back to that. I mean, I had him in the top 10, uh, two year, two or three year, whatever year they made the, Whatever year they lost the Rams the first round, I had him as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. That team was solid. Obviously, they had J.J. Watt, D-Hop, like that team was solid. But I had him as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I think he can get back there. I don't think it's time for them to move off Kyler Murray, regardless of how this season goes, because that team is still terrible, even if Kyler Murray plays really well. That team is not going to win games. but. What have they done this offseason to make you think that they know what the fuck they're doing? Well, I'm not – the question is not are the Cardinals a well-run organization. <laughs> That's a different discussion topic. The question was should they keep him or not or and go with Caleb Williams. My answer is yes, they should keep Kyler Murray and draft Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> that was the question. I, no, they're not a competent organization at all. We know that. All right. Moving on from that. Who is the worst quarterback from North Dakota State? Trey Lance or Carson Wentz? Uh, To be determined. Right now. Right Right now. now, Right right now, now, Trey Lance. Right now. Is the worst quarterback? Yes. You would take Carson Wentz over Trey Lance. Right now. I think think he's talking about career-wise, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would be – I would talk about – well – I mean, if we're we're talking about right now, I want Trey Lance. Right. You're you're talking career-wise, right? Or are you saying like right now? When you said said right now, I interpreted that as who do I see as the better – quarterback like if I want them to start tomorrow which one do I want and my answer is Carson Wentz 
Ooh, I, I oh, see, I disagree. See that? Yeah, I would say Carson yeah. Wentz had the better career because he did have a couple of good years in Philadelphia, yeah. and he—I would say he had a good year in Indianapolis. I didn't think his year in Indianapolis was that bad. He had bad moments, but I think overall it was good. But right now, I can't—I can't fathom picking Carson Wentz as my answer to that question. Hell no. Like, as as so, you're telling me like. <laughs> Like, let's use Washington as an example. Sam Howell's out of the question. They can pick between Carson Wentz, which we've seen in Washington, and Trey Lance. And the, other part, the other part of this that I interpreted was, like, you just want to know right now, you're not thinking about the future. If you want to make a case about the future, then I could see going with Trey Lance, trying to get him more reps and see if he can develop into something. I, I'm really down on Trey Lance, but if you're wanting, but if the question is between Carson Wentz and Trey Lance and you want to try and figure out, you have to pick one of them to figure out like who can we go with in the future, then I would pick Trey Lance. But if the question is just, you just want to know who to go with for a game tomorrow, a single game tomorrow, it's Carson Wentz. I Let's still not, might take my chance with. I still Matt. might. I, I understand that argument more. Let's put this argument. They're put on the same team. Use any team you want. Put them both on the freaking Eagles for all I care. They're both on the same team. They both stay healthy all year. Who wins more games for a full season, Trey Lance or Carson Wentz? Right now, the way Carson Wentz has been playing and Trey Lance. I would rather go Trey Lance. I would take the shot with Trey Lance over Wentz for an entire season. Like Trey Lance before he got hurt looked like we all should shut up and stop talking shit about him. Right. And that's like, where that's where I'm not as down on him because it's like, okay, he hasn't played a lot. But yeah. when we saw him play for that little bit before he fractured his ankle, it's not like he got benched. When he fractured his ankle, he was looking pretty solid. Just why I disagree with San Francisco moving off of him, but we're not going to get into that. But I just like I think if I'm going for a full season this year, I would take Trey Lance over Carson Wentz. I would too. And obviously, I'm pairing them two together because they both went to North Dakota State. They were both high draft picks from North Dakota State. I think they're the only quarterbacks ever drafted out of North Dakota State. Um, which is why I'm comparing those two QBs. But. I think I would go with Lance moving forward for an entire season. I do understand the argument of single game because you could say, okay, if I'm doing one game tomorrow, Carson Wentz in one game understands how the NFL is played better than, better than Trey Lance just based off pure volume of games played. But for an entire season, I think I have to go Lance definitely for the future. I'm going Lance just by pure age. And for the past, I'm going Carson Wentz just by the fact that he did look solid in Philadelphia before the injury. Yeah. Um, let's do let's do uh, let's do picks. We'll do AFC West first. Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got in this one. I've got Denver in the. I mean, not Denver. Raiders in the four. Denver in the three. Chargers in the two and the Chiefs in the one because I have no reason to pick the Chiefs. To not, I don't. I have no reason to go away from the Chiefs until they give me a reason to go away from the Chiefs. Um. Anybody's different than that. Anybody got a different ordering? Nope. 
No. I didn't think so. Anybody was, think it's close I was, anywhere? I was tempted for a while to try and make a case for the Broncos being in the two, but I think the the Chargers have some some new young talent that makes it a difficult case to make. Yeah. I uh as you all know, I don't I don't like Sean Payton. But the the one thing for me that that kind of makes me be like, ooh, are the Broncos gonna slip into that that two spot? The one thing that stops me from doing it is I still don't know what Russell Wilson I'm gonna get. I don't know if last year was completely Hackett or if there was some fall off from Russell Wilson. And two, the thing that makes me think maybe I should push Denver into that two spot is while I don't like Sean Payton, he is so much better than Brandon Staley. Like the chargers are held back so much by their coach. And I could see that holding them back this year. But I just think overall the Chargers roster is so much more talented than Denver's. And I think I think that that plays, plays a part in my two. And then obviously the Raiders just don't – If even if Jimmy G isn't awful, and, and, like they've got Josh Jacobs, they've got Crosby, they've, they've got the receivers – and they've got I like Wilson, I like the draft pick, but their secondary is so bad. Hold on. I the secondary isn't that bad. Like I, I admit the safeties aren't very, very strong, but they they have something good with Bennett, Hobbs, and Peters playing for them. That I I do I do forget that you guys picked up Peters. That that yeah. did improve it. I do forget that y'all got Peters. That does improve it. I still don't think y'all are very good. No, um, neither do I. I have them right. Fourth. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I know you have them fourth, and you've you've spoke, you know, down on them, down on them previously. You obviously aren't hyping them up. Um, here, I've got my order. I've got Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. I think everyone in this division wins at least six games, except for the Raiders. Yes. No, I think the Raiders win six games. Except for the Raiders, yes. I think the Raiders win six games. <laughs> um, I think they have a harder time winning them than the other three teams in the division. Um, but I think the Raiders win six games. I do. I think that's what they win, though. I think they win six. I would say I probably have the Broncos hovering around eight or nine. I've got the Chargers winning 10 or 11, and then I've got the Chiefs in that 12 to 14 range. But I think everybody gets to six wins. Now, to switch to a division where I don't think that's the case, the NFC West. I've got to go from bottom to top, Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks, 49ers but I think there is such a drop off from San Francisco to Seattle that it's not even remotely close. Um, I think Seattle takes a step back. Um, and by a step back, I think, I mean, they probably win seven to eight games. I think the Rams win five or six, and I think the Cardinals win one or two. Yeah, I go with, uh, I go with Niners, Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals. Yeah, I don't think I disagree with the order. 
what say a little bit more why you think the Seahawks take a step back. Uh, I don't think Geno's as good as people think he is. I think that'll come back to bite him. Um, I think the defense doesn't play as well this year as it did last year, um, partially because I don't like their D line. Um, I think they get stuck in an area where they don't get much pressure. And while I like some of their secondary, I think that if you're not getting any pressure, then the secondary can only keep up for so much. Um, and I think that teams finally have, and I've used this for my argument uh, for some other players as well, including Brock Purdy, who I think takes a step back this year. But I just think Seattle, I think San Francisco is too talented everywhere else for it to make too much of a difference. Um, I think that the tape on Gino plays a huge factor in this year too. Um, just because I think now teams are like, oh, shoot. So that's what he does. He throws little check down passes. Uh, you know, I, I saw a, a stat earlier from one of those games where they talked about how, how great he was, where he threw 28 passes for like 198 yards. That's like three yards of pass. And I'm, that's a over-exaggeration number because I'm not, I didn't do that math, but it's, it's not, it's, it's a very low yards per pass. And I just think teams start to catch on to that and it starts to hurt them more than it helps them. I'm also interested to see their run game, which was huge for them last year. Walker's coming off the ACL tear. I'm not even sure he'll be healthy to start the season. I haven't, I don't know. And then I think they, they drafted the rookie, but I don't know. I don't know how he pans out. I just think overall they take a step back. Now I had them winning eight games. I think they won like 10 last year. So it's not a huge step back. Um, I, I, st- I still have them second in the division. I just I don't think I I don't think they make the playoffs this year like they did last year. All right, I can see that case. There's something I wanted to say about um, Brock Purdy. Uh, I'm interested in in what y'all think of this. Um, I had the thought that Brock Purdy um, makes me think of what Robert Sala said of Mike White when they first put uh, when they first went to him for the starting uh, for the starter last year he makes the easy stuff look easy he just he does what he's supposed to he does what's asked of him I think I could make that argument for every quarterback that Shanahan's had in San Francisco he just doesn't ask them to do much. They don't have to be great because no, they, the they roster's so talented elsewhere. Right. The, the roster's so talented elsewhere that they don't have to be that good. They just have to be able to not be bad. Though I, I think the, the best way that I could describe Brock Purdy is – I don't think Brock Purdy is going to win you any football games, but I also don't think he's going to lose you football games. I don't, I don't, I think Brock Purdy is going to be smart enough to not throw a ton of interceptions. Yeah. It's basically another way of, of saying what I said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, um, a good comparison not not in their, their styles a little bit different, but like a good person for that, a, a player that encompassed that statement to me was Alex Smith. Alex Smith is like the, they're game managers. 
they're not going to throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. They're not going to light up the scoreboard to win you a game. But if you've got the pieces around them, they're not going to make the mistakes to lose you the game either. Alex Smith won a ton of games with the Chiefs his entire tenure there. But you know what Alex Smith could never do? Get over that hump the Super Bowl. Because he wasn't able to win you the games when the other aspects of the game weren't winning you the game. And I think Brock Purdy, to me, falls under that category. Obviously, I think San Francisco makes the playoffs because I have them winning the division. But I don't think if you get in an NFC title game where you're against Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts is lighting it up and you got to score 35 points, I don't think Brock Purdy's doing that. I don't think he's throwing four touchdowns to counter Jalen Hurts. Now, if Philadelphia's run defense is terrible and they Christian McCaffrey goes for eight touchdowns, then that's a different story. But I don't think Brock Purdy is winning you that game. And I don't like I said, back to the back to the tape, I think the fact that people have tape on Brock Purdy this year finally is gonna hurt them as well. And that's why I've been an advocate that they made the mistake of making him the starter and just being like, ooh, there's not gonna be any problems with this at all. He's our starter going forward. Uh, and trading away their piece and everything. I disagree with their choice to trade Trey Lance, and I disagree with their choice to make Sam Darnold the second string over him. But I don't disagree with anybody's order. I I think that's San Francisco's the clear-cut favorite. I think Seattle's the clear-cut second favorite. I don't see anything out of the Rams to me that screams that they're going to be. I like Cooper Cup. I think Stafford could be better again this year, come back from the injury. But what else do they have? Donald, is that it? Is that what their defense looks like? That team sold for a Super Bowl, and it worked. But now they've got to go yeah, through the so, yeah. Now they got to go through the rebuild that comes after it. It worked. They they got it. They did. They did it. But man, did it really backfire? Um, and then we've been over, we have talked about the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. That team's just a a mess and a train wreck. Remember when they traded for Hollywood Brown and we thought that was a like we thought they were gonna like like tell me you didn't think the Cardinals were gonna be really good when they traded for Hollywood Brown? You thought I did. I thought they were. I was like, shoot, that team's gonna be solid. They're yeah, coming off that. They're coming. They were coming off that big year. We were like, okay, they were coming off that big year where they made the playoffs. They Hollywood Brown to play next to Hopkins, and you're like, all right, this is it. And I think all that Hollywood Brown did was play Call of Duty with Kyler Murray. I don't know that they. Really, I don't know that they really did anything else. Um, it was train wreck. Team's a train wreck. Not um, even Madden, just Call of Duty. <laughs> yep, yeah, nope, just Call of Duty. Well, that's Kyler Murray's favorite. Um. But yeah, I mean, outside of that, I we'll go in more depth about this in a, in a, maybe next week because we're going to do more of like a talking whole NFL. But I just like, I don't like San Francisco that much, but the NFC is so weak that they've got to be in the list of teams that could make the Super Bowl just because. Like I just, that, that, that side of the, the league to me is so top heavy 
Whereas like you look at the AFC and I can roll off like five teams that I think could make the Super Bowl. And that's just without thinking about it. There might be more. You know, if the you know, the ball drops the right way. But the and the, the NFC, I'm just like, okay. The Eagles, the 49ers. Can y'all think of another team you think you could say could make the Super Bowl right now out of the NFC? Case Not with confidence. Right, exactly. Like you could like you could be like, ooh, maybe if this team takes the next step, they could do that. but not with yeah, confidence. Yeah, like, yeah, like sitting here thinking like there there could be some dark horse team. Yeah, like ooh, <laughs> maybe like uh, if this team, you know, overperforms, but you know, not not like you said, not with confidence, not with like, ooh, this team could do it. Like you can in the AFC, where you could be like the Chiefs. The Bengals, the Bills, like you can just the Jaguars, even like those teams. I could say with confidence will contend in the AFC next year. The Ravens, I'm not doing that. I can't. I can't do that in the NFC. The Jets with Rodgers, our team that I could spin off. Be like, I think that team contends. But I, the NFC, it's the Eagles and the 49ers, and I don't think either one of them are good enough to beat most of the teams I just mentioned in the AFC. I think they are far below those teams in the AFC. But because they play in the the NFC, one of them will probably make the Super Bowl unless we get a dark horse. And we seem to every once in a while. We get a dark horse, you know, here and there. But I just, I don't see it in the NFC. Conference is not the best. Um, but we will go into conference picks and potential Super Bowl. Well, actually, not potential Super Bowl picks. Yes, Super Bowl picks next week because it will be our last week recording before the season starts. So we will get those Super Bowl picks in so that we can all be wrong at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> um, but that's it. That's it for this week. We will be back with that next week.